Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back. Tonight is Learner's Lounge Thursday, and we are here. Tonight is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. We're in the Apple Valley studio tonight with the Honorable Incomparable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore, and we are here and ready to learn, learn, learn what thus saith the Lord. We're just excited. We're here for it, and we are ready to learn. So get out your Bibles, your pens, and your paper, notepad, pencil, whatever you have, and let's get ready to be schooled. But now it is time for Inspiration Thursday. And for tonight, I want to talk about manifestation and what the Bible has to say about manifestation, okay? So this is what I'm going to talk about. So are you living your best possible life? Do you take it upon yourself to make it happen. The concept of manifestation has been around for a while, but it has become more and more popular in the recent times. Some people use social media. They've been buzzing with different types, and you want that more. 
But before you go search how to manifest your best life in 30 days through positive thoughts, daily rituals, and vision boards, let's dig a little deeper into what the Bible actually says about manifestations, okay? So what is a manifestation, you're wondering? Manifestation is an idea that you can bring a positive outcome into your life by simply claiming and believing it as your own and believing that it also will happen. Now, when people in this day and age, they want everything to be nuked and microwave quick. So what they do is they're trying to research on the Internet to give you some type of method that will happen quickly for manifestation, but that's not how God adjoined it to be. Now, what does the Bible have to say about the manifestation? While the Bible doesn't specifically only talk about a manifestation, the Lord does remind us in the Bible repeatedly that he is in control and that we are not in control. When we try to control our own lives, we lose sight of God's sovereignty, his trustworthiness, the perfection in his plan, and the abundant life that he decides to offer to us. Now, when you manifest, you can all in prayer we're bringing our request to God and trust him with an outcome from Ephesians 3 and 20 instead of relying on the universe or any other ulterior power within ourselves to make it happen. When you try to manifest a result, you are attempting to pull God out of the equation. In the Bible, God doesn't mention manifestation, but he does command Christians to pray and bring our requests specifically to him. Philippians 4, that's the fourth chapter, verses 6 through 7. Now, here are four truths to remember when you struggle with the desire to take life into your own hands or to trust in manifestation instead of God. God is a sovereign God. He, is, he changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells within him. Daniel chapter 2, 21 through 22. As much as we desire to control our lives, God is the one in control. He is in control of every circumstance and outcome. When we recall this, we are aware of the power God has over us, and we are humbly reminded that any good that comes to our lives is through God, not our actions or thoughts. Now, God can be trusted. This is a second one. God can be trusted to work all things for our good, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8 and 28. That is a very familiar scripture. That is a scripture that in our church is talked about pretty often because it holds weight. That holds a heavyweight title as one of the scriptures in our church that we understand to be spot on without a spot blemish or wrinkle for that scripture. It works well. Also, we desire to take the will or find a new practice to make something happen. We always try to take control of our lives, but let me tell you, when God has control, it works out. When we have control, the devil sneaks on in, slithers on in, and he makes it worse than what we could have imagined. It is because we assume that we know what is best for us. Newsflash, we do not. We don't. We don't know what's best for ourselves, but God knows what's best for us because he is holy. He's all-knowing, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's the beginning and the end of everything, the first and the last. He can be trusted to work through every circumstance, even those that seem unbearable for good and for his greater purpose, to bring him self the glory through us, because at the end of the day, God wants us to be the glory and the manifestation. 
Number three, God's purpose cannot be derailed. I know you do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. That's Job 42 and 2. While sin forever changed humanity in Genesis, it never changed God's purpose. God knew what would happen with Adam and Eve, and he knew that Jesus would be crucified on the cross to save all of mankind and humanity. No matter how we try to plan, change, or redirect our lives, God promises us that his purpose will be fulfilled. God's will shall be done. And then finally in the It talks about God offers us an abundant life in Christ. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, St. John 10 and 10. We don't have to strive for an abundant life because Christ freely gives it to us. It is easy to desire materialistic possessions in hopes that they will make our lives better, fuller, or more prosperous. If we are constantly in a stage of longing for things of this world or apart from his desire for us, we are missing out on the life Christ has for us right now. There isn't a life better than a life abiding in him. No matter how desperately we want to be in control of our our relationships and families, God's plan will always supersede every plan we could ever make, and his plan is way more better than what we could ever dream of. Even if you're not attempting to manifest a mansion or the perfect spouse, don't ignore the areas of your life where you think you're doing just fine or better. Now, have you had a conversation with God through prayer and also reading the Bible? And finally, this is to close out the answer. Do you desire to align with God's word? We'll read First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. It will help you to align up with what the word is saying. And finally, do you trust the plans that God has for you, even if you don't know them fully? Are you able to trust God for every purpose and plan he has for your life, even if you don't know the plan? A whole hundred percent. Are you able to trust it? Well, let me tell you, it's your relationship with God, and you have to build that trust with him because he built enough trust in you to wake you up every day. So I thank you for listening to Inspiration Thursday. Hopefully something I said tonight on manifestation will inspire you. I'm not the teacher nor the preacher. I just find interesting topics and want to inspire you. Look over those scriptures again. Research it for yourself, and maybe you and I can communicate about your understanding to mine. God bless you, everybody. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. The Honorable and Comparable Dr. Bishop Offermore. Let's get ready to learn. God bless you Radio Land tonight. Thank God, amen, for Inspiration Hour. And she was speaking on manifestation tonight. Amen. It's to be made known. That amen is unknown. It's to be made known. God bless you tonight, amen. We're going to get right into the Word of God tonight, and we are going to come from Philippians, the third chapter, verse 12 through 16. And let me read this following. Not as though I have already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of uh, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I counted not to have apprehend, but this is one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind me, 
and I'm reaching forward unto those things which are before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of a higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if any thing ye be other minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rules. Let us mind the same thing. Second, First Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven. Father, this and says, now. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that strives for masters is temperate in all things. Now they now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we are incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself come to be a castaway. Second Timothy four six and three. Thou, for I know, for I am known ready to be offered. I'm not ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought. A good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is a laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, should give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearance. My beloved, tonight, let us look at the life of Apostle Paul as he'd been struggling ever since he come into this Christian warfare. It's a fight that we have to fight. To do to live living a disciplined life for Christ, we have to deny our flesh. Paul says, not as though I have already obtained. I, mean, I haven't made it yet, he says. I'm still down here in the flesh. He's already made perfect. I'm not perfect. Yes, we strive, but we're not perfect. But I follow after is that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul, looking back over his life, and says this, Brother, 
I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, take note of that. This is one thing that I do. Forget those things which are behind me. If we're going to run this Christian race, and as we run in this Christian race, you can't go back and live in the past. If you're living in the past or what you have went through with, I'm afraid you are not running this race very well. No, you can't help from some of the thoughts that come in your mind. But Paul said, forget those things which are behind you. Hold your head up high. And let us reach forth unto the thing which are before us. God got something, amen, that we have not tapped into yet. No matter how much we done suffered, and this is a suffering way to a believer. We got to keep on reaching forward. We got to keep on having persevere. Going through and going through and going through. Forget those things which are behind me. And I'm reaching for the things which are before me. Paul said, I'm pressing. You got to put a pressure in your life. If you want to see Jesus tonight, you got to put a press in your life. The battle is not given to the swift. The race is not given to the swift. Now the battle to the strong. But he that endures unto the end shall be saved. If we want to be saved, and we run in this race tonight, beloved, you got to endure to the end. I don't care how many years you done put in. You can't stop now. You can't stop running. You can't stop fighting. You can't stop praying. You can't stop fasting. I know your muscles, amen. Paul, amen, gave this experience to an athlete. When he out on the field is working it out, amen, every muscle in his body, praise the Lord, get tired and it get weak. But that individual no amen, he have a race to run. And no matter how he ache and how many cramps come into his body, he got to keep on running. And no matter how many fall out, that is running with him. If he wants the prize, he's going to have to keep running. So many of us, amen, that is running this race. We have seen our friends, amen, started out and they run the race. Seeing like amen, they were going to obtain. And somewhere down the line, you, you find out they done got out of church. You got to run this race with patience. You got to run this race with long suffering. You got to run this race stripped down 
of the things of this world. Men and women of this world, amen, often spend years honoring their skill and discipline, their mind, physically and spiritually. They spend long time disciplining their mind and their body. They know they got a job to do. We have to leave and we have a job to do. Let's press on. Press on for a higher calling. Somebody tonight I'm talking to you, you, you don't got satisfied. You, yes, you're still going to church, but you're not acting like you used to be. You don't stop pressing. You don't stop praying like you used to. But if you want to win this race, you better step up in line and keep on pressing toward the mark of a higher calling. Don't be satisfied where you are tonight. There is higher heights and there are deeper depths for us tonight. Don't be satisfied. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's not. Consider how men and women of this world dedicate themselves to their individual calling. It seems a shame, amen, for a Christian to have less passion for the greatest calling in the world. Jesus has gave us one of the greatest commissions that there is in the world, talking about to the Christians, go ye into the world and preach Preach the gospel. We take that so careless today. We don't take it in sincereness. But Jesus let us know, amen, he has called us to go, 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 go. And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. As with, as with successful author invent music and athletes, Paul knew that greatness does not just happen. He wrote, I discipline, I discipline my body and bring it under subjection. You got to discipline your old body. Yes, and you got to bring it un, unto subjection. Our flesh don't want to do right. Our flesh crave for the things of the world. Paul said there is no good thing in this flesh. Bring it under subjection. Put it under your feet the thing that you know that will not please the Lord. Don't go along, amen, with the people today. Saying, God, understand, we can have fun, we can do this and we can do that. All sin, all wrongness is sin. 
And the wages of sin is death, but to get to God, it is eternal life. Are you striving, beloved, tonight? Are you are you striving? Are you giving up? Are you comfortable? Are you reading your Bible like you used to read? Maybe you can't see like you used to see, but you got some children running around. You got somebody around, amen, ask them to read for you. And asking them to read for, for you, you can bless them and yourself. Forgetting those things which are behind me, and I'm reaching forward until the things which are before me. I'm pressing tonight for a mark of a prize of a higher calling in Christ Jesus. Paul, amen, was going through. Paul was going through persecution. When he uttered these words, Paul's body was not well. Just because, amen, you are not 100%. You can't use that as an excuse. You got to keep on pressing. Forget those things which are behind you. One of mankind's greatest challenges is the ability and willingness to forget the pleasure of sin. Men don't want to forget the pleasure of sin. Now, we all have sin. We all have been out there. We all have sin, and we come short of the glory of God. But when the Lord brings you out of sin, you ought to leave it behind you. The Bible says, what shall we say then? Talking to the Christians in 6th chapter Romans. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in this struggle that we struggle in? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbids a Christian. Is it continue to do wrong if you are homosexual tonight? And you done wrong. God forbids it. If you are lesbian. You done wrong, God forbid you to continue in your mess. If you are drunk, go back and call yourself a Christian. If you are a liar tonight, God forbid. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abide? God forbid. Not not the more. Amen, but the creator of the world that brought you out of darkness and placed your feet on the highway of holding, he forbids you to continue to do wrong. No matter who around you, and no matter what their profession is and what position they got in life, that don't give you no right to follow after their wrong ways. Paul says, follow me. As I follow Christ.
left, left behind an altar of repentance. Throughout the 40-year journey in the wilderness, the Israelites continued to look over the shoulder of regret. How many of you out there tonight is in church and you're looking over your shoulder of regret? Now, I'm in, in church. You're looking over your shoulder and looking back in your mind saying, I wish I could go back out there and do the things I used to do. How many of you see the world, amen, and the temptation, amen, that is done, amen, and you want to take part of it? You ain't pressing hard enough. You ain't pressing hard enough. Yes, my brothers and sisters, what they had left behind in Egypt. You see, Egypt is a type of this old dark world that we are in. You got to leave Egypt alone. Egypt is a type of sin, witchcraft, hatred, lying, hypocrisy. Come out of Egypt. Egypt freed. He freed the cucumbers and the melon, and the onions, and the garlic. And, but now our soul is dying, drying away. There is nothing at all besides this matter. Our soul, we're looking back so much into the world, our soul is drying up, it's dying, it's dying, it's dying. Yes, the pews is there. The choir is there, the preacher is there, the members is there, but the Spirit of God is not there. It's dying. What kind of race are you running? You got to endure to the end. Somehow in the mind, amen, they Ravish history and remember, amen, an abundance of food at no cost. They, they, they went back in their mind. You see, amen, you, you can go back in your mind and remember the things that you used to do out in the world. And you can go back in the sin in your mind. That's the Bible teller. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You can have a righteous mind, a do-right mind. You got to have a holy mind. How many of those amen got a holy mind? Sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking in another tongue that the Spirit of God give us up. How quickly they forgot the stain of the whoop. So when they got a man out of Egypt, they, they forgot the stain of whoop. So when you get a little liberty, a little money in the bank, you forget to pray. Church don't mean to you what it used to mean. You get tired, amen. Now you want to go to the beach. You want to go to the theater and all this other 
part of worship. Now you want to go there. You're going back into the world. They're discontent. He left the application for deliverance. The miracles of Mount Sinai soon became rules and regulations and tables of stone to be carried around in a box. That's what we have today. Rules and regulations. But where is the spirit? Where is the spirit of the Lord at? The pillars of cloud, amen. Oh, fire. Well, daily, he provided, amen, manna from heaven. Become tasteless. And they began to beg for plus. They wasn't satisfied. My God, on this way that you're living, amen, are you satisfied? God, amen, rained down manna from heaven every day and fed them, but they didn't want that manna no more. They wanted some flush. You got to put your flush under subjection. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The Apostle Paul, amen, knew that Christians must forget what they had left behind or it would eventually track them down. If you don't forget what you left behind, amen, it'll, it'll eventually track you down. I'm reminded, amen, when God told Lot to get out of Sodom. And his wife was with him. And they told him, don't you look back. No matter what kind of noise you would hear, don't look back. You know the story in her mind. She was one of those Sodomite women. Accustomed to what was going on inside of it. And she heard the rumor and she looked back and turned to a pillow salt. Don't look back, children. Traveling this way of this king highway, don't look back into the world. To want to go back into the world and desire the things of the world, don't look back. Keep on pressing. This is a narrow road, but keep on pressing. Paul knew there will be a day filled with the mandate. He knew the potential of becoming complete with the blessing of God. Sooner or later, the eyes of the Christians looked over his shoulder, would press on the pleasure of the past, and they would entice him. In describing, amen, the members 
the hall of faith. The writer of Hebrews stated that each one of these great men and women of God was subject to the same temptation. But oh, God will make a way for you to escape. If you don't desire to follow evil, God will make a way for you to escape. If you don't want to do wrong, I don't care how enticing it is, God will make a way for you to escape it. Truly, if they had been mindful of that country, for what they meant, they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. According to Hebrews 11 and 15. But I'm reaching. I'm reaching tonight. Thank God, keep on reaching with me. I believe, amen, we don't have to reach too hard. Because I believe, amen, Jesus is going to come. I'm reaching. I'm reaching for a goal. I'm not satisfied with what what, what, I, what I'm doing, amen. I, I, I know God can help me do better. And as I said, amen, that if any individual has no goal, he is certainly to reach it. If any individual has no goal, he is certainly to reach it. Paul had a goal. You ought, you ought to have something in your mind. You ought to be, have something that you're reaching for. Just don't claim, I'm, I'm a Christian. Have a goal in your mind. And he pressed forward it. That took some done. That took some thought. That took some work. Is a key pressing towards your goal. Every day is not a happy day, but you've got to keep pressing. Philippians 3 and 14. Not only did Paul discipline himself not to look back, but he fixed his eyes on the future. My God, put your eyes on the future. Don't look back, Amen. And say, what I could have accomplished. You haven't accomplished. Don't look back. Put your eyes on the future. Put your eyes on heaven. Heaven is about to show up. This old earth and everything in it is temporary. And according to Peter, amen, it's going to be buying up. It's going to be buying up. Put your eyes on the future. John says, I saw a new heaven. And a new earth coming down from God, prepared as a bride, a dawn for her husband. Amen. God has went away to prepare a new place for us. Don't look back. With his goal in view, Paul did not consider early morning prayer or late night preaching. Too great a sacrifice. 
He knew that once his feet stepped on the streets of gold, he quickly would forget the pain of imprisonment, was silent, suffering with the saints and wrong. He had his mind in the future. Once my feet hit the pavement of gold, I'll forget the suffering of this earth that I'm going through with. And God changed this martial into immortality. I'll forget the pain that my body suffered. Yea, doubtless, and I counted all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. Paul, amen. Said the thing, amen, that this earth, amen, he kind of all lost and dumb. And you know Paul was a very educated man. Belonged with the Sanhedrin. Amen. Knew the law. And was a Pharisee of a Pharisee. But amen, just to gain the excellency, just to gain the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, he said, I kind of all lost. We got to live in Bikram, my children, as we run in this race. Nevertheless, whereto we have already obtained. Let us walk by the same rule. We got a problem today. The church don't want to walk by the same rule. The word of God, amen, ought to instruct us all is to walk by the same rules. Let us mind the same thing, Philippians 3 and 16. Paul speaks of attending and maintaining. It is one thing to reach certainly a level, but it is still another thing to maintain the level. You can reach the level, amen, but can you can you stay there? Or you can get yourself elevated, amen, but can you stay there? You can get a blessing, but can you stay in that blessing? I'm pressing on toward the mark of a higher calling, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Victory belongs to us. Living in victory. Living in victory as we live in on this earth, our body may be suffering, amen, but we can have victory right here. We overcome us. We overcome us, church. When an engineer first developed the jet, a pilot could ascend to a great height very quickly. 
but he couldn't maintain that height. Only momentarily. It took years of the engineer to develop an engine that could rise quickly to an elevation mile above the earth and maintain that elevation. It took some time to build an engine like that. You can reach it, but can you maintain it? You can reach your goal, but can you maintain it? Till Jesus come. Paul, speak of a place where we already obtain. A person often obtained to a level of an intimate repentance quickly. A person may quickly repent when he is caught in the act of sin, convicted by the preacher or an evangelist, or whether reading the conviction, word of God, However, in maintain a state of repentance is another matter. Altogether, Philippians 3 and 16 says, only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Let us, let us live up to what we already obtained. The sin convict you. Are, you. are you guilty, man, when you sin? Are you at that level? Praise the Lord. Peter concluded, remarked on the day of Pentecost. He stated, therefore let all the house of Israel know sure that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and God. Acts 2. And 36. Not only has God made Jesus both Lord and Christ, he also must become both Lord and Christ in our life. Is he both Lord? Do he rule you? That's the Lord. Is he anointed in you? That's the Christ. He ought to be both Lord and Christ in every believer's life. He also must become both Lord and Christ in our life. We have obtained to repent us as a new birth, Jesus, as the Christ. But that alone is not sufficient to maintain the attitude of victory, victorious life. To live in victory requires also that he become the Lord of our life, both are essential to continue in victory. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, 
They are the sons of God. Romans 8 and 14. Are you led by his spirit? Do you know tonight, amen, whether you really know the voice of the Lord? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger they shall not follow. We ought to know the voice of the Lord. Press tonight. Press on to a higher calling tonight, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We run in the race with everything that we have in it. Run, run, children, run. Run like never before toward heaven. Run from sin. Get closer every day, every hour to Jesus. The world is closing in on us. Look around you, praise the Lord, and see what is taking place all over the world. And in that desperate state of Israel, just look around you. Amen. The world is closing in. Trouble is everywhere and it's escalating. Run. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, Paul realized the Ishmael game to illustrate the effort of believing to gain incorruptible crown of life. You got folks, amen, is running a race tonight, amen, just to gain a, a corruptible crown. My God, they're getting hurt, and some of them are dying just to gain a corruptible crown, just to have a name. But oh, a believer is running tonight not to have an incorruptible crown, The Christian amen were willing, acquainted with the competitive game because amen, the game was hostile to the Corinthians. Everyone who participates in these games desired to win. Paul used the illustration of instructing the reader to put the same kind of effort into striving for his incorruptible crown. So run that you may obtain. Run the night like never before. Run the night, amen, like you know something behind you, trying to destroy you. Run this race. Run it with patience, long-suffering. This is Dr. Moore tonight, amen, saying tonight. We have to bring this flush under subjection. Paul knew, amen, how to bring his flush under subjection. So, amen, he could not only please himself, but he could please God. Even though all Christians, amen, may win in the race, run in the race. To our eternity home, it is imperative that we develop a 
mindset separate to be running we got to have a mindset don't let everything distract you on your way to the kingdom of God put your mind on Jesus old song saying we're going to have a good time but if you let heaven anything, amen, distract you, your husband, your wife, your children, my God, any time when you're trying to consecrate, they distract you. Your job brings a distraction. But you got to get your mind on Jesus. Because, amen, striving straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that will find it. Matthew 7 and 14. Look how narrow this way is. Straight is a gate. Broadway is crowded, my children. You ain't going to find a lot of folks, amen, on this narrow way. Few going to find it. The Bible can't lie. God's word can't lie. It got to the point now, amen, people don't want to find it. They want Broadway. They want to be in that number. But they don't want the holy way. They don't want the righteous way. Few are going to find it, but strive, strive, strive. Certainly it is true that all have the opportunity to win in the end. You got an opportunity right now as breath is in your body. You got an opportunity as you're running this race is to win. Jesus is giving you a chance right now. It's a win. He's giving you a chance right now is to repent. Every one of you in the name of Jesus. For all the remission of his name. He is giving you a chance. He's a fair God. And he's a righteous God, and he's giving you a chance right now, amen, that you can run this race with patience. From the beginning, Solomon declared that few will find it, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many will seek to enter in and shall not be able, Luke 13 and 24. Many are going to try to enter into this gate, but they're not going to be able to enter in. Think about it. Are you sure, amen, that you running a race, you on the right road? Don't run in vain. Don't let your, don't let your race, amen, that you're running be in vain. Don't hide behind something that you know ain't right. Because you know, amen, Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I don't know you because your work was an iniquity. Modern Christians seem to have adopted a belief, amen, that directly upholds the warning of Jesus. It is as though all are going to slide into the house place and 
the unique is going to declare them safety. You know, amen, that's what it's trying to seem like. And everything, amen, on this side of life now, they say, no matter, amen, they may just got through drinking, amen, or living in sin, but amen, when they get to the church and Bible and for the preacher, they all say, don't you let nobody tell you that lie. Strive, strive, strive to enter into the straight gate. Run that you may win the prize. Oh, you got a prize. Win, win, win. I'm on the winning side. You are. If you're really living for Jesus, you're on the winning side. This is a struggling way. Don't let nobody tell you, amen, getting to heaven is an easy, easy way. No, it's not. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself struggled. He set it up. God got to heal. He struggled when they hung him on the cross. It is a struggling way. The tragedy, amen, of this procession is that the mass who believe they will win will lose ultimately. Oh, the world of the Christians that is not living right, they believe they're going to win, but amen, they're going to lose. Think about it. They're going to lose. If you want to win tonight, my God, you better get on the side of Jesus. It is better to obey God than man. Press on tonight. This is Dr. Moore, amen, saying we love you, and we're going to in season and out of season. We're going to preach it, amen, so we can't preach no more. Side to in at that straight gate. The narrow is the way. Narrow. Everybody's not going to find that narrow road. Some of you will have a good time on your way, but amen. If you don't continue in righteousness and in holiness, you ain't going to make it. You know what the 25th chapter of Matthew thing? There were five wives. And there were five foolish. Don't be a fool tonight. God bless you. My time is up. I love you tonight. Thank you for listening. Pray for Dr. Moore. Amen. And his congregation, that the Lord may continue to bless us. Amen. And we call souls to come into his kingdom. God bless you.